Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm Dave Sulecki, and this week we have as our guest Jessica Soluski. Moto America, the home of AMA Superbike Championship featuring 190 mile per hour superbikes is the official sponsor of Pit Pass Moto. Moto America, the official AMA road racing series for North America can be found at MotoAmerica.com. Tickets, info, and complete 2021 schedule are available at MotoAmerica.com forward slash tickets. Don't miss a minute of action, practice, qualifying races, and video on demand with Moto America Live plus streaming. Follow Moto America on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The latest news in the industry, uh, Pit Pass Moto would like to give a congratulations to all the riders that competed at uh, Loretta Lynn's this past week. All the champions in 2021. Great job, guys. We have results of the MXGP of Latvia at Keegum's in the MXGP class. Tim Geyser wins it with a 2-2. He comes home first for the weekend, followed by Jorge Prado, who finished second with a 4-1, and Jeffrey Hurlings, who won the first moto, took third with a 1-4. So your point standings now in MXGP. Tim Geyser continues to lead with 270 points, followed now by Romain Fabre, who is sitting on 257, 13 points back. Uh, Romain has actually moved up in the standings over this last weekend, so it was great to see. And Jorge Prado has now moved up. He is sitting in third. He's 15 points back. In MX2 action, we've got Maxime Renault, the points leader in MX2, took it home with a 1-1 followed by Iago Geertz, his teammate from Belgium, finished 3-2 for second overall, followed by Mattea Gardagnini, took 2-3 for third overall. Points in the MX2 class, Maxime Renault continues to lead with 271, followed by Mattea Gardagnini, who is 34 points back, and Ruben Fernandez sits in third, 36 points back. Big news out of MotoGP, the doctor Valentino Rossi has announced his retirement. After 25 years of racing and nine world championships, he will be sorely missed from the paddock. He won titles in 125, 250, 500cc, and MotoGP with 115 wins and 235 podiums. Congrats on a great career and on to the next chapter. In MotoGP racing from the Grand Prix of Steria held at the Red Bull Ring, in the MotoGP class, Jorge Martin took it home on his Ducati. He led all the way from the start. Followed closely, chased him home, was Johan Mir on his Suzuki, followed by uh, Fabio Quartararo in third. So your point standing sits now. Fabio Quartararo is sitting in first with 172. Johan Zarco sits in second, 40 points back, followed by Johan Mir, 51 points back. In world superbike racing from Tissa, Czechoslovakia, in race one, Toprak Graz Gottlioglu takes it home for first, followed by Scott Redding in third, Alan Locatelli. In race two, Scott Redding takes it home for first, followed by Toprak Graz Gottlioglu in third, Jonathan Ray. So your point standings in World Superbike now sits Jonathan Ray on his Kawasaki sits in first with 266 points, followed by Toprak Graz Gottlioglu who is three points back, so you've got a close battle for first there, followed by Scott Redding sitting in third. He's 50 points back. This week's Pit Pass trivia question is, who was the first female world motocross champion? Name the rider and the year. The answer to that question after our interview with Jessica Zaluski.
sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flojo. Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. We would like to welcome to Pit Pass Moto today, the name behind Zaluski Advanced Riding School, Jessica Zaluski. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Hey, thanks for the welcome, Dave. Excited to join you. Oh, that's great. We want to talk about motorcycling today, but uh, before we get into motorcycles, it's an interesting fact about you. You were an action sport athlete at one time. Want to talk about what your career was like before uh, motorcycling? Yeah, so I, as a young child, I got into skiing and snowboarding. And so I spent most of my childhood and teen years and early adulthood competitively snowboarding, traveling around the world, competing in the World Cup circuit, competing at the World Championships, um, training and competing with the U.S. snowboard team. And also, coincidentally, during that time, turned a huge passion of mine into motorcycling and picked up a motorcycle in my teen years. And so that's kind of my my segue of bouncing around two different sports in my lifetime. So it's been pretty fun. So what was the catalyst that led you from one sport to the other? I mean, they're obviously both adrenaline sports, which is, uh, you know, really what motorcycling is for a lot of people. What's a, is that the thing that really kind of drove you towards motorcycles or did somebody introduce you to the sport? No one really introduced me. I just, I've always had a passion for two wheels, you know, just from having pit bikes or scooters when I was younger And when I was 17, I bought a a Ninja 250 just for fun. And, you know, I would bring it out to the mountains with me in the summer when I'd go out west and always really enjoyed it. At some point, I just started going a little too fast on the streets and decided to go and check out a pro race up at Brainerd International Raceway. And after seeing these guys flying around the track, I just knew I had to try it. And I have a competitive spirit and I loved snowboard racing as well. And so it was just a great avenue for me to follow and and start racing. So it was that adrenaline outlet for you and it uh, led to a racing career, as I understand. Yeah, I did. I I started off club racing with the Central Road Racing Association back in 1999 when I was younger and just fell in love with it. I had so much fun. I didn't didn't know much of what I was doing. I, I didn't do well at the start, but I... I stuck with it and, you know, really put a lot into a program as an amateur club racer and eventually became expert and then started in pro racing in 2002. And it was just an amazing career. It's been so much fun ever since. And we all meet great people along the way when we do that. And uh, you rode on some serious equipment to go from a Ninja 250 to the bikes that you were riding in in road racing. Kind of give us an idea what... uh, what you started out on and, and what you ended up riding uh, towards the end of your career. So my first bike that I raced was a Honda F3. Absolutely loved it. I had an R6 for the street at the time. And after a year on the F3, I decided I needed to put the R6 on the track and really enjoyed it. Spent a ton of time on a Yamaha for a couple years. 
And then in 2002, I decided I wanted to try my hand at pro racing. And that was also my first year as an expert, coincidentally. And I'm not sure how much you know the history of AMA, but back then we had a class called Pro Thunder and it was all the twins. There was also a lot of talk that it was going to be the last year of Pro Thunder. So I thought this would probably be a great way for me to get started in pro racing because it was probably the least competitive class. And I had an opportunity to get on a Ducati. And so I jumped on it and competed in Pro Thunder in 2002 and just had a blast. It was probably one of my highlights of my life was doing Pro Thunder that year on a Ducati. Yeah, it was a great class. I do re- I do remember those years. It's good to see the AMA and Moto America doing the things that they're doing for road racing now. And it's always awesome to see. And I know you've been involved in some of that. Now, how did that segue, I kind of segue into where you are today with the with the uh, riding school and the track days with SARS? How, how did it kind of merge into that? So back in 2008 was my last year racing in AMA Pro Racing, last year doing any club races for fun. After the season was done, I, I suffered a massive stroke. And at that point, I knew my racing days were numbered and they were done. And so I wanted to somehow get more involved. And so prior to 2008, I, on a very small level, did some coaching and put on some track days and such, nothing too serious. And in 2008, you know, when I realized I would need to look at some other avenues to keep my foot in the door with motorsports, I decided to go full speed into doing track days and riding schools. And it's been such a phenomenal ride for us and for our family. It's a way for me to stay involved in road racing and in the motorcycle community without having to actively race and also just a great way to give back to riders and to our community and and hopefully just advance riders skills across the Midwest and give opportunities for riders to also get on the racetrack. So it's it's been an amazing opportunity over the last, you know, 13, 14 years. I agree. A great way to stay connected. And, and I agree 100% with what you said about giving back to the sport that's uh, given so much to you, something you've enjoyed your entire life. Now, talk about the uh, the Advanced Riding School. What, uh, what can a rider expect when they sign up for the program and attend one of your events? So it's a really unique opportunity, something that I don't think you find anywhere across the U.S. We have a one-mile road course minutes from Minneapolis and St. Paul, and it's right in the metropolitan area, a road course with 15 turns, and you could have your rider who's on a sport tour, a sport bike, a Harley, a vintage, a supermoto, anything on two wheels, and you could come out and advance your skills on a motorcycle. It's a really awesome opportunity. It's a small enough track that we don't require, for example, full leathers. You know, they wear their their safety riding gear, they come out they work with a great lineup of coaches and we advance their skills to help them become better riders out on the street or if they're track riders or whichever the case may be. We think it's made a huge impact just on the motorcycling community in the Midwest with, you know, hopefully we feel that it's it's helped reduce rates with motorcycle incidents, crashes and deaths and so on. It's It's been a really awesome opportunity for riders here in the Midwest. So in a, I, I noticed on the website that uh, you list a large number of uh, instructors for the course, which in- includes yourself. You have a very high 
what I would call a teacher to student ratio, where you've got a very attentive crew to the number of riders that attend. Is that important to the success of the program? Absolutely. At our advanced riding school, we try to keep, especially for our level one and two, our entry level into advanced riding, we try to keep the ratio three to one. So that really allows the coach and the rider to individualize the training because everyone is at a a bit of a different level when they come into our training. We have some that have been riding for 30, 40 years, and we have some riders that have three or 4,000 miles, you know, so everyone is a bit unique with their skill sets and experience. And so we're really able to narrow down to that rider's specific needs and be able to provide this opportunity to do this training on real road riding. You know, we're not in a parking lot. We actually have turns, we have asphalt, and they come out, they have a great time, and they learn so much. It's always interesting to me to see the reactions, too. I know, obviously, with new new riders, they're getting a lot of it because it's, you know, it's kind of a an open landscape for a new rider to learn the skills. But talk about some of the experienced riders going away from the school and what do they have to say about the program? So we've had riders that have started off at Dakota County Tech College. That's where we do our advanced riding schools in Rosemount, Minnesota, that have worked their way up to the big racetracks and doing track days. And we've had riders that have become seasoned track day riders. We've had riders become MSF coaches. And we've had riders follow an amazing progression all the way up to a handful of my riders that got their start at our advanced riding school were just racing at Moto America a few weekends ago at Brainerd. So it's it's pretty awesome to see, you know, what riders can do with their riding, just getting a, their start here with their advanced riding school. And I'm always uh, curious to ask now, at least in current events, power sports and motorcycling in general has had a huge uptick in participation over the last two years, I think as a result of the COVID situation. How has that affected the school? Uh, have you had to do anything differently or or does that impact the riders or how does that affect the school for you guys? It has impacted us as in new protocols and new ways of coaching and structuring our events. Uh, we've adapted as the situation has changed and you know we're still cognizant that COVID still exists and so we're still watching carefully and modifying as needed and it really hasn't had too much of an impact. We've tried to, you know, obviously motorcycling, we're outdoors. We've brought all of our classrooms outdoors as well. And so it's, you know, the impact has been pretty minimal. We've just been using a lot of common sense, great protocols that we've developed and we continue to develop to this day to keep all of our riders safe on and off the track and minimize that risk. One thing I found on the website I thought was very interesting was your uh, association uh, to train new riders on the Can-Am Riker, the three-wheeler. Because when you look on the website, you see a lot of various motorcycles, like you had mentioned earlier, cruisers to sport bikes to uh, touring bikes included. How did that program come about in that partnership? So a few years ago, we had a good friend of mine who does a lot of events with us on two wheels had mentioned our school to Can-Am as a candidate to branch out and provide three-wheel training. And when we were contacted, we were excited about the opportunity. I think any opportunity that we can get riders or just get your everyday folks onto two or three wheels, I think is a win. And so we were excited for the opportunity and we decided to begin to offer this essentials course to train your average 
Joe or Jack or Jill to ride three wheels. And it's been so much fun. We've had hundreds come through our three wheel program. And we also offer advanced rider training for three wheels as well as riders develop and build their skills. They need those advanced skills as well. So we cater to that whole three wheel program from from their first time to their days of being an advanced three wheel rider. Which I think is it's really a great program because it's, uh, I think in a lot of ways, it's a gateway to the two-wheeled world by, you know, having people start out possibly on the three-wheeler and, and maybe matriculate to a two-wheeler as things go. Absolutely. I mean, I've, the clientele that we've come out or have come out for our classes for three-wheel have been amazing. We've had kids in their 20s to to ladies that are widows in their 70s and 80s. Like they all just have, you know, this interest and they're intrigued by motorcycling. And I think it's been a great segue as well to get them onto two wheels. And that's happened as well. So it's been pretty, pretty awesome to see how this has come full circle for us. And that's great to hear. I, th- I think it exposes people to just the world of power sports in general in a way that they wouldn't normally in the first place. So Kudos to you and your team for uh, for driving that and bringing that program to bear, as well as the advanced riding school and the track days. Jessica, our time, unfortunately, is running out, but uh, I wanted to uh, take these last few minutes. If there's an opportunity to direct folks, where can they find you? Where's the best place to look for you and uh, find out about your school? Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dave. They can get all the information they need from our website at ridezars.com, and that's R I D. E-Z-A-R-S.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is RideZars as well. And we'd love to connect with anyone who's passionate about advancing their skills on two or three wheels. We'll have a lot of fun. And we're still going strong through uh, October, and then we'll be back at it in April of 2022. Awesome. Thanks again for joining us today, Jessica. It's been great having you. Thank you so much, Dave. I appreciate it. We would like to thank our guest, Jessica, for being with us today. This week's Pit Pass trivia question was, who was the first female world motocross champion? Name the rider and the year. And the answer is Livia Lancelot. She won the first ever Women's World Championship in 2008. And upcoming events, we've got Moto America at Pit Race, PIR, August 13th through 15th. AMA Outdoor Motocross at Unadilla, New Berlin, New York, August 14th. MotoGP Grand Prix von Osterich at the Red Bull Ring, Austria, August 15th. Thank you again for our guests for being with us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you have a moment, please rate and review us. We really appreciate it. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit pitbassmoto.com where you can check out our blog. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson, Chris Bishop, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. I'm Dave, and we'll see you next week.
Learning should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you.